On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, the pick is dick. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is. What the hell day is it? It is late on Thursday, June the 22nd. You're probably listening to this on Friday, June the 23rd. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors on Twitter and also on Instagram, same handle. And of course, join the Lockdown Raptors Discord server, or should I, should I call it the Lockdown Raptors Discord server? I don't know. We'll workshop it. But uh, either way, the link is in the description. Come hang out. Super fun. And uh, the, the the jokes about the Toronto Raptors draft pick are not going anywhere anytime soon. I might have to make a whole channel for them because they're just too good. Let's get to it. On today's show, we are, of course, digging into the Toronto Raptors drafting Kansas guard Grady Dick, 13th overall in the NBA draft. We'll get into my big takeaway as uh, sort of early impressions of the pick. Not expected, but I uh, don't hate it. Certainly, we'll also get into why the fit seems really ideal in a darker Ryakovich offense, in a Scotty Barnes-led offense. And then we'll also, uh, you know, pour one out for the idea of the Scoot Henderson dream, which seems to be dead with the Blazers taking Scoot and seemingly ready to call Dame Lillard on his trade demand bluff. We'll get into all that. But uh, before we do that, however... Reminder, you can go support the show by following, subscribing, rating, and reviewing on your favorite podcast apps. It's much appreciated when you support the show that way. And also, uh, Game Time is another wonderful company you can go and support right now. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDINNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thanks to Game Time for bringing you today's show. Okay, let's get to it. Toronto Raptors, 13th overall. It's Grady Dick out of Kansas who uh, is going to make uh, either the jokes are going to never not be fun or they're going to get really stale and bad very quickly. But either way, it's hard not to laugh and like this pick with Grady Dick being the one coming to Toronto at number 13. Look, I did not expect Grady Dick to be on the board for the Raptors at 13. Uh, I didn't even do a draft profile episode on him. We briefly discussed him with Raphael Barlow on Monday's show. Every dayers of the podcast will know that. Uh, but I, I frankly assumed, just because all the smart people were out there saying Grady Dick's going to go number 6 to Orlando or number 11 to Orlando, or he's going to go somewhere in that top 12 range, did not really envision Grady Dick falling to the Raptors here at 13. And as much as I am a Kobe Bufkin head, and, and honestly, if you gave me truth serum, I still would have preferred the Raptors take Kobe Bufkin here. It's it's hard to be upset with the selection here of Grady Dick because, oh my God, the Raptors have shooting. They took a shooter. It's unbelievable. Like, when was the last time we can look at the Raptors and say, wow, they took a dude who's a proven commodity from downtown. They've done that here with Grady Dick, and if you kind of dig into the scouting reports, into what the smart people say 
about Grady Dick. There is a lot to like here, and it does seem as though the pick at 13 has sort of received universal acclaim from the draft heads, most of whom seem to think Grady Dick was going to go higher than number 13. You know, coming into the draft, it seemed like the Kobe Bufkin dream was very much there. Jonathan Gavoni reporting before the draft that it seemed like maybe that was like as far as he was going to slide, that maybe he was angling to get to Toronto. Who knows who planted that rumor or what kind of subterfuge that is. Maybe the Raptors just planted it to say, you know, to put it out there in order to ensure Grady Dick was going to be there because all these mind games are definitely useful in making a big difference in how these teams work. Um, but either way, you get to 13, and, and I, you know, there was a wealth of options there, right? Jalen hood Shafino was still on the board. Jordan Hawkins was still on the board. And, of course, Grady Dick was there. And I, and I just don't think you could have gone wrong with any of those selections there. With Grady Dick, six foot eight was a, a, just a dead-eye shooter at Kansas this season, 40% as a freshman. Uh, and the big thing with him is that it's not just shooting. There is other stuff to his game that kind of fills out his profile as a player and makes him seem like he's going to be a pretty damn good NBA player. Uh, the shooting is obviously number one. You read any sort of shot doctor, any sort of scout looking at his shot, and they're kind of just like in awe at how perfect it is. He has a really high release point, doesn't have to dip the ball or anything like that when he gets it on the catch and shoot. He shot 53.5% on pull-up threes this season per Sam Vecini in his wonderful athletic uh, draft guide. That's an absurd number. 53.5% is nuts. I think he was 37% on catch and shoots as well. He profiles as like a true movement shooter. The likes of which the Raptors haven't really had since like what? Danny Green was coming around pin downs. It's just not a thing they've had a ton of. I know Norm Powell had his moments here and there as sort of a catch and shoot, come through pin downs, work off the ball type of guy. But Grady Dick really profiles as someone who's going to make defenses have to worry about the stuff that's happening away from where the ball is. And if you think about how the Raptors played basketball last season, that was never a thing that defenses were worried about because the Raptors didn't play a very innovative brand of basketball. There was barely any off-ball movement. You know, you get Jakob Pertlin, and there's a little bit more cutting to be done around that, and, and I think they moved into a better-looking offense by the end of the season. And, you know, if you could have Grady Dick be part of that pick-and-roll attack that was so effective down the stretch, if, in fact, the Raptors do run it back here, which we'll get to at the end of the show, um, you know, I think there's a real avenue here for Grady Dick to just be an excellent off-ball agent of chaos for other defenses and, and, you know, a guy that makes everybody have to worry. Also, a guy who's going to take pressure off of whoever he's playing with, whether it's Pascal Siakam, whether it's Scotty Barnes. Think of the number of times in the last few years that, say, Pascal Siakam's had the ball driven into the paint and run into three bodies because there's just been no shooting around. Grady Dick is the kind of player you're not going to be able to help off of him if you're a defense. You're going to have to stay glued to that dude, and that is on its own going to have positive ramifications for the offense before he even starts catching and shooting and bombing away. The other stuff that seems to be a big part of his game uh, is the cutting, the off-ball movement, the the sort of, you know, the stuff around the three-point shooting that the three-point threat allows for. Um, and, you know, he's kind of purported to be a pretty good passer when on the move as well. He only had like 1.7 assists a game at Kansas this past season. Uh, but a lot of the scouts, you know, kind of point to the quality of his passing as being something that's going to play up. And if you think about what has Darko Ryakovich spoken about publicly about how he wants to play offense... Ball movement, making the next play, getting paint touches, kicking out, getting three-pointers off of those kicks. 
Grady Dick's going to be able to fit into a whole lot of those different elements of a Darko Ryakovich system. This feels like a very Darko pick, and, and I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, the defense, that is the thing that you have to keep an eye on here. That is not his strength. The biggest thing right now is, to speak of strength, like he's just not a very strong dude. You know, he's a guy who you watch, he's going to kind of get barreled into the chest by bigger bruising guards and wings, and, and it might be a bit of a challenge for him to just like hold up physically in isolation situations. But as, uh, you know, a few of the very smart draft people out there, Ben Pfeiffer in particular, uh, if you follow his work on Twitter, he does a really good job, uh, really, really in the know. And he gave the Raptors an A-plus on this pick and seems to think, that the situation Grady Dick has ended up with in Toronto, where, yes, he's not a great defender right now, but he's big, he can kind of make it work with his size, that is a big thing. Being six foot eight, which Grady Dick is in shoes, that is meaningful. That's just, you're in the way a little bit more than if you're a six foot four. Think about Matt Thomas, for example, this incredible three-point shooter who was such a glaringly bad defender, who had no size to overcompensate for the lack of athleticism, Seems as though Grady Dick's a much better athlete as well than, than your typical sort of run-of-the-mill, bad shoot, bad defending, shooting ace type guy. You know, your Malik Beasley's, for example, he's another example, really, really high-volume three-point shooter, one of the worst defenders in basketball last season. Seems like Dick is not going to be quite that, uh, you know, unplayable defensively because of the size. And when you combine the sort of basketball IQ he seems to bring to the table, a really, really smart player, really connective player, it seems, from what all the scouts say about him, it feels as though he's the type of guy who's going to be able to learn how to operate within a defense and not get crushed. Also helps, as Ben Pfeiffer noted in his sort of breakdown on Twitter, the fact that he's got insulation on defense, super valuable. Of course, Fred Van Vliet, if he's back, not the same defender he was maybe a couple years ago, but still probably above average for the position overall. Uh, you also have OG Ananobi, all-defense player, Precious Achua, Pascal Siakam, like good defenders up and down the roster. Jakob Pertl, of course, is the backstop to it all. There's going to be an infrastructure in place where Grady Dick is not being asked to do things he can't do on defense right away. And so, yeah, this feels like a, 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 just a kind of a breath of fresh air because the Raptors never pick shooting. They always go for, can we mold this guy who can't shoot into someone who can? Maybe you just take the dude who can shoot and figure the rest out later. Uh, and I uh, I think Grady Dick is uh, is very much looking like, a, like, again, like the anti-Raptors pick. I think that's a nice change of pace whether the Raptors blow this thing up or not, which I really don't think they are at this point, adding Grady Dick shooting into the mix, having another knockdown guy to add to Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet, the only guys on the team right now who you could even say are even in the vicinity of knockdown shooters. Uh, just a really great addition. Dick fills a hole. There's, there's just no doubt about that. We're going to come back on the other side. And we're going to get into uh, exactly where the fit is going to be here. And it does seem like this is just a real Scotty Barnes pick as far as building the team around what Scotty Barnes does well. We will get into that and maybe sort of how I envision the Raptors using Grady Dick out of the gate. Look, he's not going to be a starter from day one or anything like that, but... There's certainly a lot of interesting ways that his shooting can be used to sort of bring some life to some lineups that have not had much over the last year or two. We'll get into that in just a second. Before we dive in, however, got to tell you, 
But our good friends over at Bird Dogs, of course, they make just incredibly comfortable shorts that make you look good. That's basically the elevator pitch here. Comfy shorts, they make you look good. They're versatile. You can wear them in all sorts of different situations. They have Oxfords. They have khakis. They have gym shorts. They got all of the different options for you, and they all come with absolute comfort in the form of that comfort lining, baby. It's the future of underwear. The comfort lining is incredible. I cannot speak to it enough. I wear my bird dogs around all the time when I'm going for a run or going to play basketball over at the park. I wear the bird dogs because they're super comfortable, super breathable, very light. You're not going to get overheated in them or anything like that. You got to check out and get some bird dogs for yourself to see what the hype is all about. Go to birddogs.com slash locked in NBA right now for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked in NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You will not want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. Go check them out. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. All right, continuing on here, your first listen of the day. Uh, just recording now, as the draft is still going on, it should be said. Uh, still waiting for uh, the second round to even begin. I, look, it's very late. I have to go to bed. Uh, and so I'm just trying to get this one in here. If anything does break and there's any sort of second round trade or anything like that, we'll certainly get to it on a bonus episode tomorrow or on Saturday. Uh, but for now, we're just talking Grady Dick. Again, a bit of a surprise pick. I, I think that he was even there for the Raptors at 13. Um, there were some rumblings that maybe he was someone the Raptors had an eye on. You know, I think Raphael Barlow, shout out to him on this podcast a bunch lately, had him at, in his final mock draft before the draft going at 13 to the Raptors. So shouts to Raphael. He called it. And I do think it makes a lot of sense, specifically when you think about Scotty Barnes and the, the, the sort of fit. You're trying to build a team around Scotty Barnes. You're trying to amplify what he does well. Having someone who can be a catch-and-shoot dynamo, who can play off of dribble handoffs, which I think is going to be an avenue to really unlocking a lot of Scotty Barnes, considering the way he can do those keeper plays and get downhill and score, the way the mid-range game has been a thing he's liked to tap into a little bit here and there, um, and obviously the passing that he brings. Like, There's going to be some dribble handoff stuff, some sweet, sweet dribble handoff magic between Scotty Barnes and Grady Dick. Actually, Grady Dick, just uh, just before I came on here, apparently had a little presser with the Raptors media and, and was speaking about how he just got off FaceTime with Scotty Barnes. It seems as though that pick is with Scotty Barnes entirely in mind and maximizing the team around Scotty Barnes. And I, I also just think it's nice to have some different skill sets on this team, right? The Raptors, as much as they're sort of let's get everybody all be in the same size and you know playing the same way and have the same issues and the same strengths, as much as there is some sort of logic to the idea of all the players being big, all the players being versatile, that's only one way you can play. And frankly, the Raptors set themselves up last year, so they had exactly one way to play for most of the year. Grady Dick is going to offer some different looks, some different skills to throw into the mix add some new different dynamics and elements to the lineups, change the floor geometry. And again, he's a rookie, right? He's not going to come in and be like a 25, 30 minute a game guy. Who's just, you know, playing incredibly heavy minutes for you or anything like that. Doubt he's going to start for example, but when you have the shooting that he brings to the table, 
whatever else he has, his, whether the deficiency, strengths, whatever, that shooting is going to play. Shooting is good wherever you are in the NBA. And considering the stuff he does as a cutter and as a guy who can make a shot jump, you know, coming in after a couple dribbles, getting run off the line, he can do more than just shoot. He's not just going to be out there standing in the corner to wait for threes like he's Jason Capono. There's other stuff going on there. And so I think he's going to fit into a lot of nice lineups and we'll be able to sort of accentuate what the other guys on the floor are doing because the shooting is such a threat. And so, you know, I'm imagining, you know, think about the spacing troubles that you get with a Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes duo. If that duo is still together, which, you know, Pascal wasn't traded for Scoot Henderson tonight. And so I think that duo is going to be together. Um, You know, you throw a great shooter like Grady Dick outside along those guys, and and that's going to be helpful. You know, you have more than just one option. You want to go small, run Scotty Barnes as your nominal center for a bit, which was at his best last season. You roll Pascal, you roll OG, you roll Grady Dick, you roll, you know, Fred Van Vliet, and all of a sudden, oh my God, they're shooting everywhere on the floor. This is amazing. Um, Those bench lineups that were always so bogged down by no real point guard play, no real uh, like differentiation between the three, four, and five. Just like, all right, these three, all three dudes are going to crash the glass and not shoot and all this stuff. Like throwing Grady Dick out there as a three or a four or a two in those bench lineups is going to add shooting in space and just make everything easier for everybody. Again, it's just the three-point shooting gravity in the NBA in 2023 shocker incredibly valuable like it's just this is something that's going to help this team look different and get lineups out there that have some breathing room some space and all of this if there's like a downside to the pick i think it's that the raptors still could definitely use some point guard play even if fred van vliet is back i think we've learned the last couple seasons going into a season with fred van vliet as your only point guard is a one-way track to fred van vliet being overtaxed playing 40 minutes a game it's just not tenable. You got to have more guard play out there. Maybe they figure Scotty Barnes is going to take on some of that role. Maybe they, they figure, you know, they, they can go find some, you know, sort of cheap option or something like that in a trade, which I think they kind of have to do, uh, really. Like, go get Monte Morris right now from the Wizards for Chris Boucher or something like that, please. Like, just anything to get a point guard on the team. That's the one thing you're not getting with this Grady Dick pick. You know, that they... they, they <laughs> I'm going to get, ah, don't make a fire to this podcast now, man. God. Uh, <laughs> but with the Grady Dick selection, uh, you're not getting a ball handler per se. You know, again, he can have the ball in his hands, make connective plays, make a couple dribbles, but he's not going to be someone who's like running pick and roll for you tons of times over and over. I think that's fine. You don't have to get guys who are going to run a million possessions for you with every pick and every draft. 13th overall, if you can get yourself a quality starter, do that. And it seems as though if the defense can play up and he can kind of grow into his body a little more and use his basketball instincts to kind of make him into a dude who's just getting in the way and being passable on that end. Starter is very much on the table here for Grady Dick going forward. But again, he's not going to run a whole bunch of offense for you. The Raptors still need guard play. Coming into the draft, my whole thing was they need shooting and guard play, shooting and guard play, shooting and guard play. They got the shooting and they got some element of the guard play, which is the off-ball sort of scurrying around stuff that Grady Dick does. That's great. Um, But still, traditional ball handling, pick and roll operation, that's not something the Raptors have added here. Maybe by the time I'm done talking here, they've traded into the back end of the first round and taken Marcus Sasser or something like that. I doubt it. Uh, I don't know what they're using to trade for a second round pick at this point. But again, we'll see. Either way, I think, uh, you know, it, it's 
you know, that that's going to be a need still that the team has to address is the, is the point guard play, the ball handling. And if Fred Van Vliet leaves, then boy, it's even more of a problem because you have all these dudes who, uh, you know, are going to need a point guard to kind of set the table for them. It's just the way it is. So um, either way, I, I think this pick is nice. Like, again, it's not maybe my first pick. I still would have preferred Kobe Bufkin because I think Kobe Bufkin's going to be awesome and does everything really well. And, you know, you know, the defense, I think there's a bit of a higher ceiling there too. But Grady Dick, as far as, like, consolation prizes, if you were on the Bufkin train like I was, uh, can't be too upset with Grady Dick. Also seems like kind of a fun guy, bit of a weirdo. I like weirdos. Give me weirdos. Weirdos are fun. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have more on this pick. Uh, these are all very scattered thoughts at 11.20 p.m. while the draft is still going on, just because I want to get something up for you fine folks, because I love you. Um, but I'll have more sort of complete thoughts on Grady Dick as a player, you know, where he's going to fit all this stuff as we go forward. Um, but that's the pick. And uh, if nothing else, Twitter got a lot more fun uh, and stupid and immature. And I refuse to be mature about his name. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side and close it out with just some quick thoughts on the Raptors not making a move for number three with Scoot Henderson going to Portland. It's the right move for Portland. It was probably always going to go this way, but we will assess what it means now that the Raptors have not done that. Is Pascal still on the move? Will he still be around? We'll get to that in just a second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Of course, uh, they are the place to go if you're looking to buy tickets stress-free for your next event, whether it is uh, you know, basketball, football, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, more. It's all there for you on Game Time. You can go very easily, search for the tickets you want for the events you want to go to, get pictures of your seats so you know exactly what you're walking into, what your sight lines are going to be. You're not going to be buying tickets behind some big pillar because you've seen beforehand Hey, don't buy those seats with the big pillar. It's wonderful. Get images of your seat before you buy, and you can buy those tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps in your set, and they'll send those tickets directly to your phone so you don't have to go dig through your email or hold up the line like that person that everybody doesn't like at the front of the line finding the tickets in their email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code Locked on NBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, who have made daily fantasy sports super fun, super easy, very accessible. And uh, it's super easy. Like, really, I, I can't, as someone who is like not at all a fantasy player, daily fantasy not overly my bag either, but Prize Picks? Super easy. Very, very simple concept. You just pick two to six players on a given entry, whether they will get more or less than their projection in a given stat, whether it's threes or points or home runs or pitches thrown. I All of it's all available for you. It's every sport under the sun is available on prize picks for you to make cross-sport entries. If you win on those six-player entries, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. That is incredible. And again, it's all sports all around the world whether it's uh, North America, overseas, creative sports like uh, disc golf. Creative sports? That's not a thing. Uh, you know, weird sports. Disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, all of it's there. Go check it out over at Prize Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. 
safe and fast withdrawals, and currently they're operational in over 30 states and in Canada and every province except for Ontario at the moment. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, bucks, PrizePix will give you $52. They're going to match what you put into your account. That's a great deal. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with PrizePix. All right. I'm not going to lie. I'm very sleepy. Uh, we're going to finish off this podcast. Uh, and again, we'll have more uh, on the, the draft and what the Raptors did and did not do going into next week. We'll have a whole free agency preview. We'll play mid-level madness, all that good stuff. I uh, just wanted to get some quick thoughts out here for you on the Grady Dick selection. So let's get to uh, the thing that didn't happen tonight. We talked about what did happen. The Raptors took Grady Dick. Everyone made fun jokes. It was a great time. Uh, but now we have to sort of think about the, the run it back of it all because boy, oh boy, does it ever seem like that's happening at this point? And I, like I've said on this show, I have no problem with running it back. I've been captain run it back for like 10 years. I was captain run it back after 2014, 15, after 2016, 17, after 2017, 18, after they won the championship and lost Kawhi Leonard for nothing. I've been team run it back for a very long time. That's just kind of how I am as like a, a person who like likes basketball. I, I like it when teams have time to build, to grow, to turn into something, to become something that they're not in the current moment. I'm perfectly fine with it. And I don't think this Raptors team is so far away that it's like crazy to suggest that they might be able to turn things around with a new coach, some fresh ideas, Grady Dick adding some shooting to the mix, other people hopefully adding shooting if they can go and make some moves in, in, in free agency and trades and whatnot. Um, you know, I still think a Chris Boucher for someone uh, as like a guard or a wing type, probably a guard, is a deal that's got to be made somewhere. There's got to be something. Either way. I don't think running it back is a terrible idea. I also think running it back is like definitely happening at this point because I do think the only real viable move to actually pivot the franchise, they were never going to trade everybody and let everybody walk for nothing and go in with like a scorched earth roster. That's just not what this franchise was going to do. And I'm thankful for that because I don't like tanking. I think tanking sucks. I think it's like kind of antithetical to the whole thing that is professional sports and I am happy to root for a franchise that doesn't do that, even if maybe it makes the life a little bit more difficult or uncertain for the, te- the, the guys building the team, the people building the team, the people watching the team, all that stuff. Um, I would prefer to do it this way. Run it back, be relevant, be good, have a competent team with good players, and then use that competence and good player having to then pivot into better players when the time comes and the opportunity presents itself. That's kind of my whole bag. If you've listened to this show for a long time, I don't think I'm changing or, or, or like remaking the wheel with that take on sort of how I like to see teams built. Um, I think they're running it back. Like it's just Pascal Siakam moving him was the pivot. If you could get Scoot Henderson, a blue chip prospect who everyone in the world except the Charlotte Hornets thought should have been the number two pick, like th- this, this, that was the move. Like that was it. But you needed the Blazers to play ball on it. And frankly, the Blazers were going to have to get real dumb in order to play ball. Because as much as the Blazers had this whole Dame thing hanging over them, Dame has said all along he wants to be in Portland. I, I just I can't imagine them doing the objectively smart thing for the franchise and taking Scoot Henderson at three is going to then inspire Dame Lillard tomorrow to be like, get me the hell out of here. 
I feel like there's a little more room in the middle for that. And Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports was last night on the On the Clock podcast, talked about how if there is a Damian Lillard trade request, it's probably going to be handled much like the Kevin Durant trade request was by the Nets last year, where it was like considered. Ultimately, they never really had much intention of trading him because they weren't under any obligation to, and they weren't going to get the best package back. That's the case. You're not going to get a ton back for Damian Lillard right now. With the amount of money he makes, with the years left on his deal, with the age he's at, the the number of teams out there that actually have stuff left to trade, there's just not a good package out there. And so my guess here is that the Blazers are just going to try to convince Dame that you should just like wait it out with Scoot and Simons and whatever. Maybe we try to make a move with Simons elsewhere or something else. But I, I just I don't think it's that black and white. And because of that, I don't think the Blazers ever really felt all that compelled to make a trade for a guy like Pascal Siakam. That said, I think Pascal, I've said this before, and I still maintain it, he's the best player the Blazers could have gotten realistically to pair with Damian Lillard on the market. If there was a trade going to go down, the Raptors were the team that made the most sense. I never really understood the Zion thing other than the financial element of it where he just makes less money and is more cost certain going forward than whatever Pascal is going to be on his next deal. That was the only real argument in favor of Zion over Pascal as the Blazers pivot move to go help Dame and put a better team around him. Uh, Pascal plays games is the notable difference between the two and is really good and would be an excellent fit next to Lillard and is ready to go. Like it would have been a really nice trade. I think where both teams got something out of it. Didn't happen. And so the Raptors are sitting here with Pascal Siakam on the team. There's still rumors of like the Atlanta Hawks coveting him. Show me an Atlanta Hawks offer that is compelling because I can't find it. Just doesn't exist. Yes, A.J. Griffin is nice. I can't see the, the Hawks parting with Onyeka Okongwu. If they don't do that, I'm not interested. Uh, John Collins, I'm good. Like Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's good. I'd like him, but like I, not for Pascal Siakam because Pascal Siakam is better. Like it's just... I didn't really see a trade happening. And then when we saw the report today from Chris Haynes that Pascal Siakam was not going to re-sign with a team necessarily if he got traded to them. Um, and, you know, it was going to leave that whole sort of albatross, big question hanging over whatever team did trade for him, certainly lowered his trade value. And, you know, the fact that he said he wants to be in Toronto through that report as well tells me, hey, that's great. Pascal Siakam wants to be in Toronto. If in 2012... A two-time All-NBA player who plays for the Raptors said, yeah, I want to stick with the Raptors for life. Uh, that would have been like music to our ears. It would have been the best thing a Raptors fan had ever heard. It's still a nice thing that Pascal Siakam wants to be on the Toronto Raptors, even if it, there are some fit concerns. And, and you know, the, look, this is why you hire a new coach, to try to reimagine the fit before you make a big rash decision like trading away Pascal Siakam for nothing when he has intimated all along that he wants to be here. I would imagine he's probably going to sign an extension this summer. Um, with that, without moving on from Pascal, there's not really another logical pivot move to go and restock the shelves. Trading OG would be a bad idea at this point. He fits perfectly next to Scotty Barnes. He's now the safeguard when Grady Dick has to guard on defense. You have OG as the guy there to come and help him out. Um, you know, that that's that's nice. It's, it's not a bad backstop to have. Not a bad, uh, you know, right-hand man to have on defense. Um, you know, I, I don't think trading OG right now makes sense because of his fit, because of his age. Yes, the contract extension's a problem that you have to get to, but guess what? The Raptors have a track record of keeping their own guys, taking care of them, and figuring it out later, 
and it's worked pretty darn well over the years. So I, I think that's going to be their strategy if OG doesn't lock into that extension this summer. And I would still think they think they have a pretty good chance of keeping him next summer once he hits market. Um, letting Fred Van Vliet walk for nothing is a non-starter. You just can't do that and have that be your team building strategy. You just can't. And signing and trading, nice idea. In practice, a lot harder to actually pull off because teams have to be incentivized to do it. And Fred's got to want to go to the team to sign and trade with. And also, you're not getting that much back in return. Historically, sign and trades do not return big bundles of picks and prospects. You get a Precious Achua and a Goran Dragic, and that's like the high end of what you get in a sign and trade. So that wasn't the option here. Um, otherwise, like you're not trading anyone else from this roster and getting anything substantial back. And so barring that Pascal trade for a no-brainer in Scoot Henderson, running it back is the move. A and... It's not perfect. I know it's not. The team was not great last season. The fit concerns are there. They get a little easier with a little more shooting and optionality in your lineups added to the mix. Hopefully, Grady Dick now joins Christian Coloco and Precious Achua and Scotty Barnes in this sort of next wave of young players on this team. And you start to see a bit of a shadow core kind of build like we saw back in 2016 through 2019, where they really built up that shadow core wonderfully. It takes time for these things. You give up all the, the capital it takes to win a championship, and you're going to be in the hole for a bit, and it's going to take time to replenish the shelves. But this pick of Grady Dick and presumably, hopefully, not losing guys in free agency for nothing makes it so the Raptors are, are in a better spot, I think, than maybe a lot of folks would have said they were coming into the offseason. Um, you know, they still have to re-sign Fred and Yak, of course. This is the big thing. They're still pending UFAs. But the way the market goes, the way there's not a ton of cap space out there, the way the Rockets loaded up on more guards and youth and athleticism and just like being young and bad uh, with the draft with Cam Whitmore and Amen Thompson, like, does that really seem like a Fred Van Vliet team just like going down there with a bunch of like 21-year-old dudes jumping out of the gym? Feels like a bit of a miscast fit. Uh, and the Raptors, because of the salary cap projection going up a little bit, are going to have an easier time of giving Fred the money he's going to want to stick around. Jake Fisher on the Raptors show yesterday pointing out there's mutual interest between Fred and and, uh, and the Raptors in, in sticking around together. There's been some weird yak stuff, but I ultimately probably feel like that's more posturing and negotiating tactics than anything else. Every sign is pointed towards the Raptors prioritizing yak of Pirtle. My guess is that the Raptors run this thing back, and I think that is perfectly fine. It's not perfect. A move for a Scoot Henderson would have been a dream world, but guess what? We live in reality, and you would have needed the Blazers to do something really stupid for that trade, which I think was on the table and plausible to actually become a reality. So with that... I think we got to end it there. I, I got to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we will wrap it and, and we'll be back again. If there's anything that breaks over the weekend, we'll pop in with a bonus. But if not, we'll be back on Monday. Do a little debrief. Take some more time. But next week, we'll try to get in touch with someone who's uh, watched Grady Dick and covered them in person. Uh, been around the college career. Watched them as a, as a draft prospect. All this stuff. We'll get that next week. And uh, tee it up for free agency because that's coming in uh, not a long time here either we'll talk fred we'll talk yak we'll talk all the different ramifications but as it stands right now seems like run it back is the course that the raptors are on but they're running it back with grady dick baby which is fun and shooting what a shooting incredible i'm gonna go to bed tonight just thinking about three-point shooting in a way i haven't in years 
as a Toronto Raptors fan. Uh, anyway, we'll leave it there. I'm losing my mind. I've totally lost the plot. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's much appreciated. Uh, I would like the NBA to finish the draft earlier next time. Wouldn't that be swell? Get it out at a reasonable hour, huh? Uh, but until then, have a wonderful rest of your day, Friday. Oh, my God. Guys, folks. It's done. Podcast's over. Bye. Thanks for hanging. Uh, support the show. Subscribe. Rate. Review. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good night.